Thanks for tuning into Accented. This podcast is not scripted and it's for English learners who want to listen to real conversations. Each week, we interview a new guest who has a distinct English accent. As you know, there is just not one English accent, there are many. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Ricardo, who's an Italian aerospace engineer. Thanks for joining us on Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Now, today I mentioned that we will be interviewing Ricardo, who is an Italian aerospace engineer living in Germany. Now, Ricardo comes from a town in Italy called Venice. Now, most of you may have heard of Venice. It's a very romantic city where people travel by boats called gondolas and go through many of the canals in the city. It's very picturesque, it is beautiful, and it is visited by lots of tourists all over the world. Now, as I was speaking with Ricardo, he also mentioned he has a very thick Italian accent, uh, but he also has a thick Italian accent in Italy because supposedly Venetians have a strong accent. Now, I say Venetians. Venetians is the word used for people who come from Venice. Now, Italy has a population of about 60 million people. Italians are known all over the world uh, because they've immigrated to so many countries. And in Australia, we definitely have a large Italian population. I know growing up in Australia, our cuisine is influenced by the Italians as it's normal for Australian people to eat spaghetti bolognese and pasta or even pizza. Pizza, of course, is an Italian creation. Now, Ricardo talks about his studies and he actually didn't study in Venice. He said it was a small country town and even though, of course, there are parts of Venice which are touristy, he was in a part that um, was quite small, you know a lot of people. And he moved to Milan. Now, Milan, or as the Italians say, Milano, is a, the economic city of Italy. It's not the capital city, as the capital city of Italy is Rome. So he moved to Milan and he studied there. I'm going to go through some vocabulary and some words that were used. Ricardo mentions mother tongue. And he says his mother tongue language is Italian. Now, when somebody says their mother tongue, it's the language that they first learned. So, of course, my mother tongue is English. I grew up in an English-speaking family. I learned French when I was older and I went and lived in the country. But even usually your mother tongue language is the language that you express yourself best in. Ricardo mentions that he's very passionate about his job and it's his passion. When you are passionate or it's your passion, it's actually something you love and you enjoy doing it. I guess my passion at the moment is making this podcast and I'm very passionate about teaching English to foreigners. Another word mentioned is enthusiasm. 
when you're enthusiastic about something, you're excited, we can see that you're just so happy to be doing this. So your enthusiasm shows that this is something that you love and you are really, I guess passion and enthusiasm are very similar words. That's why they go together. I mentioned to Ricardo that there's a big push to get women into sciences in Australia. Now, I'm not literally pushing somebody or people aren't literally being pushed. So when we're saying a big push, it means that it means that you're trying to get whatever it is you're pushing into something. For example, the government in Australia thinks that women need to uh, get more into engineering. So they start an advertising campaign and they try and get uh, girls and women uh, to study engineering at university. So they're pushing for them to uh, study in this area. Talking about in this area, I said to Ricardo, in your field. Now, when we're talking about jobs and you say in your field, your field is what you're an expert in. So my field is English as a second language. So everybody who works has a field or an area that they work in. So let's get on with the interview. Today I'm speaking with Ricardo, who's an Italian aerospace engineer and he's currently living in Germany. Hi Ricardo, how are you? Hi Kim, good morning. I'm good, Daniel. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. So I think it's really cool that you're an aerospace engineer and can you tell us what that actually is? Uh, well, um, it's building uh, uh, machines that fly in the atmosphere or out of the atmosphere, basically. But uh, very complicated to um, to describe, I guess, because it's made of several different disciplines. And uh, I can say what I do, uh, I put together all those disciplines. So uh, let's say an aircraft is um, composed by several systems, propulsion, structure, electronics, and avionics. And there is someone who needs to put together all these different uh, um, departments and person working on very different um, areas and disciplines and i need to ensure that they work together in in the in the right way and uh, at the end the the composition of all these parts works work wow a little it sounds very complex yeah it is it is but it um, it's fascinating and uh, i like challenges i like uh, complex problems so that's why I chose this, uh, this path. Was it difficult to get into this field, like a lot of competition? Well, there is um, not in the university at the beginning, but then uh, in industry, yes, definitely. In fact, uh, um, I am, let's say, one of the few that really made it into the industry because uh, Many university mates works in different fields, work in different fields like uh, um, energy, oil and gas, automotive, and several others. So, when did you realize that you wanted to go down that path, or you always wanted to do mm, aerospace? 
Not really. I mean, in high school, I was studying languages, so I didn't do much math, actually, but I always liked it. And then at the end of high school, I wanted to go away, actually. <laughs> so I, I think my decision first, I, I picked the city, you know. I'm, I'm from a small town uh, in north of Italy, near Venice, and... Um, and I wanted to go away to to go to the big city, so I wanted to move to Milan when I was eighteen to Milano, and um, <laughs> I started looking at the at the field, and I think uh, this field uh, combined my my passion for for space, for uh, astrophysics, for math. So you were first interested in languages. Uh... Do you have to know English to be an engineer? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially aerospace. Uh, we work with so many different companies and, and interfaces uh, all over the world. Uh, that mm, I, Of course, you need to know English. My job okay. is all in English. How many languages do you know? Well, I'm trying to learn the fifth now, which is German, but it's very hard. Uh, the other languages are uh, well, my my home, my mother tongue, Italian, and then I speak um, English, French, and Spanish. Do you ever use French or Spanish in your workplace? Well, not as much as my workplace as, as I would like. Maybe yes, a little bit of French with French people, but um, I use the languages when I when I travel for sure. It's interesting that you said that. You didn't think you were, uh, it wasn't mathematics that you were focusing on in high school because I have read that sometimes um, languages and mathematics actually go together. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. I've heard that people who are quite good at mathematics can sometimes pick up languages easier. Okay, that's interesting. I'm not too sure well, I guess about you that study. I mean... I'm not an expert, <laughs> but it is something that I've heard. So I did a little bit of research. As I said, I don't know anything about aerospace engineering, but it. what I found is it said that most people either take an aeronautical path or an astronautical path. Which path are you on? I'm on the second one, astronautical. I, I studied the whole thing to get to this point, to get to the um, space part of aerospace, you know? Because in in the in the first years of university you study uh, all mixed, let's say you study aerospace, so you you study you see a little bit of airplanes, a little bit of satellites and spacecraft and and space probes, and uh, and basically there are several commonalities with with, with these different uh, systems, with these different machines, um, but then you 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 choose one of different uh, special specialization. So where you work, is it quite broad, the nationalities that are there? Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All over the world, because uh, basically in this kind of industry, um, a lot of all kind of people come with this passion and this interest. So they're really driven by, by what we do. And this is quite different with other than other industries because uh, we are driven mostly by, by um, uh, passion and enthusiasm. That's why also English is the, the common language, you know. 
in Australia at the moment, there's a big push for women and at schools, they're pushing girls to study sciences and try to get into engineering because I guess there's, you know, this bit of a gap between men and women. How many women are in your field? Well, I'd say not enough because um, numbers uh, speak clearly and it's a few percentage with respect to men. But I had uh, actually in my personal experience, I always worked with female colleagues and I always found the work with them very, very good. Uh, then, uh, my old boss was a woman and she was she, she has been my mentor for many years. So um, um, definitely, I think it's good, these initiatives to, to, to push uh, um, girls to study science and engineering. Um, it's still seen too much as a, as a man job, which is not. I mean, obviously, uh, girls um, and women brings all that part that, that is needed in every field because men cannot do alone, obviously. And, uh, and um, there is this initiative uh, in, um, in Germany and in Europe called uh, Women in Aerospace. And it's uh, very interesting because they organize a lot of events they, and um, uh, not, not only to, to, um, to promote this field in the schools, but also to then uh, um, group all this uh, community together when they are then working in, in industry. And that's, uh, that's really good, I think. So you're saying that English is so important. However, you actually studied some of your degree in France. What was it like going to France? And did you know much French before the exchange? Well, I, I studied it in, in high school. Um, I, I had a good grammar basis, but never really practiced. So, and uh, when I was 20, so two years after uh, living in Milan, I got this opportunity to move to France for two years. And, and that I, wasn't scary to it think? It was. <laughs> to think? Well, well to think so. that, like, I'm going to be studying this, you know, for me, because, of course, I'm not being an engineer, but to study something so complex and difficult and let's just do it in a different language. Yeah. But I'm I'm so glad that I did, you know, because it was uh, the experience that changed my life. I mean, moving to another country when you're, when you're 20, especially for coming from a family where, where everyone stayed in my hometown. I mean, it really made me grow. It opened my mind. And, and not, only, not only studying, but also doing all the other things that you need to do in your everyday life in, in another language, like uh, renting an apartment, uh, um, paying the bills, you know, or making documents and bureaucracy. So... This really uh, made me grow up. Do you find, because I guess Italy is just right next door to France, is there, was there a culture shock or no, it's very similar? Well, I wouldn't call it culture shock, but there are many cultural differences for sure. And it's, 
and it was very interesting actually to to observe these differences. Really, what's the difference? <laughs> the uh, in Nantes, when I was living, they were giving the out of the baguette with just a, a piece of paper around it, <laughs> where you, where you hold it with your hand, you know, and yeah. the rest of the bread is, is free, which is which looked so weird to me because in Italy they just pack it all, you know, like. Yeah, in the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is a bit. We do it in a whole bag here too in Australia. Yeah. If you get a baguette, it's in the whole bag. But that's interesting <laughs> that you noticed that. Of course. <laughs> I think also, isn't it the there's a difference between the toilet. I think in in France it's in a room. When Italy, oh, it's yeah. not in a room. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that was so embarrassing for me at the beginning when the first time I was in, in France. Actually, it was in um, in high school for for a for an exchange, short exchange, and uh, I was in this family, and basically the toilet was in the middle. Uh, only the toilet alone in this small room, in the middle between uh, the parents' bedroom and the, and my mate bedroom and so it was so embarrassing you know to go there I, I didn't want to go <laughs> it's funny when an Italian friend said that to me and I was like I have never thought of that and it's like they were horrified to go into a little room well thank you so much for talking with me it sounds fascinating your life and your career and um, I've really enjoyed learning about aerospace engineering and normally right. people get bored when, when I talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. All right. Well, thank you, Ricardo. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Thank you for considering me. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Wow, I could pick Ricardo's brain for hours. Now, that's a common phrase used in English. To pick someone's brain means to just ask them lots of questions and chat with them and get lots of information from them. And that's what I would do because I just find what Ricardo's doing is absolutely fascinating. Now, when you're having a conversation, it's not formal. Well, it depends on the situation. This podcast is informal. Now, most of your conversations in English are going to be informal. Your formal conversations are going to be when you're going for a job interview or you're working in business. Because this is an informal conversation, sometimes we may go, ah, uh, and so you'll hear that or you'll see that in the transcript where it's like, ah, uh, or um. Now, when we do that, it's because we're speaking so quickly that we don't know what we're going to say next. So we pause and go, um, and it's sort of to let the other person know that, hey, I haven't finished speaking. So sometimes you will hear that in the interview. Now I've got to address a really funny phrase. I actually say, yeah, no. Now that is really, really Australian. You will hear Australians go, yeah, no. It's, it's very difficult to explain and it has gotten me into trouble sometimes. It's like you're saying, yeah, you're trying to agree with the person, but no, I don't really agree with you. Yeah, but no. So you'll hear Australians go, yeah, no. So if you hear me say, yeah, no, it's a very Australian thing. Now, you did hear the term culture shock, 
which is what happens when people either visit or move to another country that has different systems or different beliefs to them. And it can be quite shocking. One word I forgot to mention at the beginning was the word baguette. Now, baguette actually isn't an English word. It's a French word. And it's the French word for those long bread sticks that French people like to eat every day. Thanks for listening to another episode of Accented. I'm your host, Kimberly Law. Accented is released on the 15th and 30th of each month. You can also view a transcript of this interview by looking at the show's notes or visit kimslawofenglish.com. Until next time, keep learning. You're on the right track.